Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Speaking of Slowdown, the sports talk show devoted to the movie trivia slowdown, an elite movie trivia league, and it, it's fun as hell. This is a good week for matches, although there is something, and in, in, I'm going to be like, I'm just going to say it, and then I'll say it when the time comes. But uh, we've got a, uh, we've got Nancy should be here shortly. Uh, Frenchie's having some internet issues. Uh, I had a last minute uh, thing come up this morning. Um, it, all kinds of stuff. Paige uh, was called in uh, to her work, so she can't be here. Uh, but guys, I'm in a really good mood, so I honestly don't care. I don't care at all because it was a great week for Smowdown overall. And uh, the Houston Astros are going to the World Series. Oh. No, but don't cheat this time, guys, please. Uh, and I swear, if, uh, if if the Dodgers go too, then Suge Knight and I, I'm going to see if he wants to do a watch along. And here we go. Nancy, you're on screen. Hey, sorry. Oh, uh, right. Question. Yes. Can I try something really quick? I'm still figuring out my headphones and all this crap. I'm so sorry. Yes. And we're live right now. So, yeah. Are we? <laughs> cool awesome Hold all right on. <laughs> she'll be back perfect uh, yeah and i've i've got to i've got to run out the door here shortly so uh um uh, probably the last 30 minutes or so the rest of the guys are going to take over for me there'll be no hot matches today but uh like i but yes sugar i'm going to talk to sugar about doing a watch along to one of the uh, games if astros and dodgers go to the series because i was raised for the first part of my life in north houston and I went to many Astros games, went to Astro Dome many, many times. Uh, Nolan Ryan, still my all-time favorite pitcher. Uh, so, yeah, man, that would be fun. But uh, let's – and, yeah, because we don't have Frenchie just yet, there are no hot matches today. And, uh, Nancy, you can just wave your arms whenever you're ready. No rush. Uh, but we had Laura Kelly versus Gold Leader. And speaking of that, uh, here about 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time – uh, here on the Jcast network, I'm gonna be dropping a video. Um, I ran an idea by Thomas Harper, and uh, we tried something out, and 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 I'm gonna let you guys uh, take a look at it. We want to see what you guys think. So 6 p.m. today on this channel. But Laura Kelly and Gold Leader, I did. I honestly, there was no doubt in my mind that Laura Kelly was gonna go into this, and she was just gonna clean house. Yeah, I thought so too, but I wouldn't have been. I said this like weeks ago when I, we did the brackets, my my brackets. I wouldn't have been surprised if uh, Gold Leader took this match because he has proven time and time again that he is capable of staying in this league, in the Star Wars division specifically. So uh, I'm even though I had Laura Kelly winning this, I'm not surprised that Gold Leader won. I am actually was kind of the opposite of you guys on this. I, I, as much as I love Laura Kelly, I think she's one of the, the best Star Wars players uh, in, the, in that division. Uh, I had Gold Leader here. I think that Gold Leader has shown that he's played nearly perfect throughout the season. I'm not sure what the I mean, Dan. You can tell us what his like, accuracy is and everything, but uh, I, I got I got Gold Leader winning this entire tournament, even possibly beating somebody like uh, Alex Damon or, or Demolanta in, in the finals. Uh, I, I think he's the guy to beat here. And, you know, not just gameplay-wise, but storyline-wise, I think it makes all the sense in the world for Gold Leader Thomas Harper rematch for the title. It's spectacular. So that's kind of what I was looking at here. It went as well as I expected it was going to go, where uh, Gold Leader just edged out Laura Kelly there. 
at the end. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I you know I still I really hope that we see Laura Kelly next season because I'm still a massive fan of hers, and I think that she still has what it takes to to win that title at some point. So. Yeah, Nancy, what do you think of this uh, first Star Wars match this week? Well, the only I, one, that, but the first. <laughs> yeah, uh, I honestly was surprised that Laura Kelly didn't come out with a win. I was also really surprised that uh, her round one wasn't that strong. Um, you know, to have that big of a gap going into a Star Wars match, uh, going into round two, is uh, yeah, it's it was a little bit surprising. Yeah, uh, I. Like I said, I I had no doubts in my mind. Uh, I know Gold Leader's good, but, I mean, Laura Kelly's just... And, okay, Gold Leader, I'm calling you out, dude. That whole, like, like how you you put her lights out or you cut her lights out. Dude, no. Just no. No. Yeah, I think more so she didn't have a great match than he had a fantastic match, but he did really good. And that last question, oh my gosh, between gray and green, I was yes. uh, stressing. She was so close. Yeah, and let me ask something real quick. And I'm not, I'm not gonna make an issue of this at all. But it was something I know. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh, it was, it was just something I've noticed. Is um, perhaps in the future, the a better way to approach that would be to ask the person to write down what they're saying. Because when, no matter who the judge is, I'm not calling out names. I'm not going there, guys. But no, but for real, though, when you give them options, you're kind of getting in tricky water. Because, you know, if it were a lesser quality person, they could have heard uh, heard the, the judge ask green or gray. You know, were you seeing, and they could it click and be like, I said gray, but it's really green and go green. You know what I mean? So you just got to be careful with that in the moment. You don't think about it, but maybe in the future, if you do think about it, just ask them to write it down just so you're not giving any ideas into their head. But Because uh, for a second, I thought she said green the first time. I was like, yes, yes. But, well, there is a reason why I knew what the answer was ahead of time. But, you know. Honestly, I think we've seen examples of uh, like a final answer having to be spelled out before. Like, can you spell that out kind of thing? So if it was like, uh, what's what's your answer? Spell it out. And she said G R E Y. I mean, that would have been an easy solution there. But yeah, I get I gotta get get the argument there to, of not trying to maybe give the opponent the correct answer, but more so try to clarify what exactly their answer is. Yeah, and again, no beef here. Right. Yeah. I'm, I mean, kudos to her. She didn't change her answer. She stuck. You know, she was right. honest and stuck with what you know she originally said. Yeah. Yeah. It, I. That would be a good little. Uh, that's not. That's never a question I, that I would ask her on air because you don't want competitors to tip their hat to other competitors. But I would like to know, like, because she when when he asked green or gray and she said gray again, she said it with confidence. So uh, I, it's, it sounded to me like she she really was leaning toward gray. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it was a great match. Great match, gold leader. That yeah. comment though, dude, that's not cool. Um, this second match also, I was, uh, I I was, I really was, well, I don't know. Okay. I was rooting for the untouchables. I can't say that I went in with no doubt that they would, uh, that they would win. I didn't really know danger zone. Obviously you don't ever count them out. Uh, but 
this was a very, very good match. Stellar first outing for the Untouchables. Uh, man, they better be back as a team next year somewhere. Yeah, I agree. I want to yeah. see both them and Chaos Theory back next year. Yep. Yeah, my only thing is that I think Drew McQueen just needs to get a little bit better because he missed three questions, uh, the most questions out of all of them in round one. So he needs to get a little bit better in the round one because that's what really hurt them in the long run. Because if they would have gotten just a couple extra points, it, obviously that five-pointer they weren't going to get, but it wouldn't have been as it wouldn't have been as that necessary for them to get it. They could have had a danger zone go to the three or the five, and then that may have gotten a better out, uh, outcome. No. Yep. Yeah, well, he and he missed some questions. I was surprised he missed. Uh, oh, there was one in particular. I don't remember what it was, but even I got the question. I was like, oh, no, how did you miss this one? Um, so, yeah, not the best round one for them. And then also in round two, uh, you know, I thought it was hilarious. The whole forgetting to not say final answer almost every single question. Clearly, it showed that they're not used to playing as a team quite yet. So, you know, but I'm looking forward to them coming back, hopefully, and kind of smoothing out all those things uh, in round two. Yeah, I had to, to quickly piggyback off of that. I, I, I definitely want to see this team again next season, sort of as, as you guys were, were saying as well. And yeah, I think they just need to both get uh, some more matches under their belt and sort of uh, figure it out a little bit as a team, like where, where, they, uh, where they stand. And you know, because I think they both show a lot of potential, and Drew McQueenie, arguably one of the best teams players that we've had uh, in the showdown, but uh, maybe just had a bit of a rough season this year, you know, uh, kind of ironing out the ring rust, so to say. And I think that if he if he can, keeps with it and plays more next season, I could definitely see this team going places. Man, next season's going to be rough with the factions and the number of people per faction going yeah. down. Cause, I mean, you've got – here's an example for Sam – He's got the untouchables, and and you know we're we're not just him, but and you could have a you could have a really good team with a lot of potential, the untouchables, and then you could have someone else who kicks ass in Star Wars, and someone else who kicks ass in IG, but neither one of those necessarily kick ass in teams. So it's it's hard to find a mesh where like if you could find like that though that one dream player who can cover three specialties. Uh, per faction, like someone who's good at IG, good at singles, and good at teams. And, I mean, that kind of thing is the ideal thing that a manager would search for, I would think. Yeah, like a Chance Ellison. That's tough. I mean, there's not that many people who can do that. And there's a reason why, because you're adding so much so much uh, to study and so much on their shoulders. I mean, Mike, we've seen Mike Kalinowski try and get three belts, and – that went up in flames really quick, and I think it's just because he had so much to study and so much on his mind, and it spreads you thin really quickly. So having three, one person playing three divisions, it's a lot of work, and I just don't see that uh, what you should be going for. You should be going for something that could actually cover all your bases in general in one specific division. Yeah, it's going to be tough for, for some of these factions next season with only five or six on, on the roster. You know, I mean, what, what are the usual suspects going to do? Okay, Amru Moses as their IG player, Nikki Demolanta as their Star Wars player, but then you only have three more slots. And with, with people like Paige 
and Ethan Irwin. You got to think he's not. They're not going to get rid of Ethan Irwin or Liz Shannon Miller. So it's going to be, I think, really tough for both Christian and the managers to whittle down those factions next season. And it's going to be very uh, competitive, I think, to, to to earn those spots. And there's so much so much talent in the league right now that I think yeah. you're going to see a lot of t- heavy hitters end up in you know a, the FCL or the digital league. Again, nothing's confirmed yet, but just going off the of speculation, I, I would sort of envision that sort of going down that way. Dude, I, yeah, I can so imagine. Sorry. I can imagine they would just disappear. You know, yeah. I, I'm assuming yeah. they would go to the FCL because you know what other option would they have? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. I mean, there's two. Some of these people are. Well, I don't want him to say it like, but there's the the talent that they have here. Uh, you can't let it go. You know, it's kind of like the. I I know the comparison isn't really favorable. Uh, the FCL being like the minor leagues of baseball. To you know that I don't know why it isn't favorable. I think it's a. I would like it to be more like the minor leagues uh, and closer, closely associated. Where like the dungeon has a dungeon faction in the in the minor leagues in the FCL, and they develop their own players in house in the lower leagues. I think that would be awesome. But the point is that I strayed from for a second. Is it there's too much talent in the Schmodown to just not use them and to let them just go? Well, because you got to think. If, if they don't go away, like as in they don't compete anymore and they just never compete, there is somebody else out there who will see the opportunity to start their own league, kind of like a WCW uh, at it, or and a WWF back in the day kind of thing. And that could lead to someone else being like, well, I'm going to pick up this talent and, and we'll start a trivia league over here. I mean, you never know, but you'd hate to lose that talent. It just, it seems like it'd be a waste. Dan, you, you got yeah, something yeah, like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, there are going to be five players per faction, but there are also going to be players uh, in the Schmodown that are not in faction. Is that correct? Or did I mishear that? It has to be, right? I think that's been hinted at, at with Christian, and that's part of the reason they're moving away from the faction system and faction points and things like that is that it gives him more of a freedom to sort of bring whoever he wants in. So, like, okay, Scott Mance is not on a faction. We want to bring him in for a match, so, something like that. So I, I think that just from what I've gathered from Christian's, like, Q&As on, on Reddit and, and YouTube, whatever, uh, that that's kind of the idea is though a lot of those players will end up in, in those situations. I mean, it's still going to be cut down a lot, though. There's still going to be a lot of people that aren't in the showdown anymore. Um, But I think you're exactly right uh, in the sense of, you know, that could leave the door open to start a whole new league. I mean, look at AEW, and they snatched up all the the good wrestlers right now, and they're doing amazing. So, yeah, I I think you're right. Uh, You know, All that talent that was being underutilized by WWE. WWE and now they're having these big runs in AEW. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I guess we shall see what happens next year. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, let, let's wrap up this segment here with the David Del Rio versus James White match. This oh, is man. awesome. <laughs> what a match it was! And yeah. I there was going into the third round, my mind was like, "This is over." James White has this. Like it's done. And then I, I and in like so many other times, because the question writing is so fucking awesome, uh, that final question is asked. I don't know the answer, so I'm waiting for you know. Okay, so w- did he get it right? Did he get it right? And then finally, boom! 
and I was shit, dude. That was amazing. That's that was a, a journey through my mind process, my mind state at the time. Yeah, I was happy to see David Del Rio win this match because I had him pegged uh, in my bracket to actually win this match. But yeah, going in the first round, you know, him being two uh, uh, under two points, uh, they uh, under James. It's like okay, again, uh, based on the statistics that I've done in the past, that's not the ultimate nail in the coffin. The nail in the coffin is in the final, in the second round, where the leading competitor they need to grow their lead, uh, grow their lead, or or, keep, or maintain it. If they don't at least grow it a little bit, that's usually an opening for the the underdog to really take the advantage of it so i'm happy to see this is like a prime example of statistics actually proving the the the, the, the proving my proving the point where yeah james uh, david actually did win because he just missed that three uh because james missed that three questions so that three point question so i was happy to see that he actually pulled it off once i love how they structure the third round question like how the order they ask the question and stuff for for a very long time it was confusing to me but then when i figured it out and i was like oh you know like you're you're how you're forcing the other person to get theirs right essentially and i would yeah. once i realized that my my world opened up a little bit more dude yeah when i started actually recording all the different matches i kind of saw the patterns I'm like Okay, they ask their two pointer, and then once they get the lead, then they get go back, and then when they tie it up, okay, I, I kind of figured all the different patterns, and it was a bitch to try to uh, 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 configure that when I was project uh, doing all the different possibilities of every single score. It was a bitch to try to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I you know I I'll just add on to what you guys are saying. I I thought this match was awesome. And, like, one of the better matches. I mean, that the IG title match, which we'll talk about, I, I put that as, like, a match of the year contender. But, like, this this Del Rio versus James White match, I mean, it had, had me on the edge of my seat. And what a fucking pull by both of these guys hitting their fives because those were not easy questions. And that four rooms, I mean, what an incredible pull by, by Del Rio there. And just an amazing finish to this match. It was one of those, like, and your winner. And it's, like, Everybody's waiting. Oh, it's like, who's it going to be? Who are they going to say? And then it's uh, David Del Rio. So, uh, yeah, I mean, th this was what an exciting match. And, you know, mad props to both of these guys for doing what they did here. And James White, like, I want to see more of this guy next year because he's, you know, he hasn't played poorly this season at all. He just, I don't think, has had as many opportunities as some. And I think that this singles tournament was a real good showcase for him. And I think has, has proven that he belongs in this league. And, you know, it, it, as the, the message of this match, I think it was just like, oh, it's not about uh, how many questions you missed. It was just the questions that you did miss. Uh, and, and missing that three-pointer uh, was the determining factor here. So, yeah, I, I love this match and love the finish and everything as well. But, um, yeah, what about you, Nancy? Any, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I uh, I actually really love Del Rio's reaction when he found out that he won. because <laughs> uh, yeah. he's he's kind of a calmer person to see him be like you know punching his board and so excited. I really like that. So it, it makes me excited to see him going into the the his next uh, match. I will say though, he definitely has to clean up his uh, gameplay a little bit. Uh, that round one was not his strongest, and then round two, I don't know. 
if giving him Reese Witherspoon was because he, I was thinking it was a strength of his, but clearly after the question he didn't pick up, uh, I'm thinking he thought it was just that big of a weakness, um, which it, it didn't really seem like it was that big of a weakness for him. So it kind of bit him in the butt a little bit, I feel like, but yeah, I'm excited. It was a good match going back and forth. It's very entertaining, I will say. Yeah. You know who else was bit in the butt? Forrest Gump. He was shot in the buttocks. Well, but he but he, he thought something jumped up and bit him <laughs> on the butt. Oh, yeah. Something bit my butt. Uh, but now, everybody, it is time for... I'm going to talk dirty to you for a second. Math. True story here. I was late, not that way, but I was laying in bed before I was going to sleep last night, and I kept replaying those clips, both of those, that Roxy, you know, I'm going to talk dirty to you for a second. Math. And it was just, and I kept like, and I would, I was, it was like I was practicing, like, because I'm laying there and in my head I'm going, and now everybody, it is time for, and then I would do like Roxy's voice in my head, and then I'd be like, double D, sexy numbers. Uh, but yeah, Double D and Dagan, uh, what do you, <laughs> Dan, what do you got for us today, buddy? Okay, so uh, Dagan, uh, true story, uh, last week I wasn't here because I was meeting uh, Gucci. Uh, he called me up, he was at the Signature at Lounge in Chicago, which is a very fancy restaurant on the 96th floor of the Thompson's, uh, you know, the uh, John Hancock building, and uh, we were drinking, and finally, late at night, he goes away with two smoking hot girls, but he leaves a tablet. And I'm like, before I could get it to him, he's gone out the door out of the window. And I'm like, I don't have his number because it's all blocked and stuff. And I'm like, well, let's see if I can find it. Of course, it's password protected. And the thing is that there's a clue on the, the tablet that says uh, the year that the greatest uh, film franchise started. Now, thinking Gucci, it has to be Rocky. So I put yeah. it in 1976. Right. I opened it, and guess what was inside? The dossier? The dossier. You are absolutely correct. Oh! The Finstock dossier uncovered. So 30% of 70% of it is just questions of different categories with different divisions. But the 30, we're going to talk about the 30% because that's where all the different uh, competitors and their stats and how they arrange uh, their teams and stuff and how they were able to do it. They have that with every single card. We're going to focus on the, the champions for this week. So uh, first up, we got Marisol McKee. Uh, the, the only thing I have here is that she has uh, eight matches so far. But as the singles champion, do you think that her averages are going to be very good? Or what do you expect from her averages and her accuracy based on the, uh, her, based on the questions and the rounds? Yeah, I would expect them to both be very high, especially this season as compared to last season. We didn't really have a, a lot to go on. So I would say yes, especially this season, at high, very high average in, in all the rounds. Okay, so let's take a look. So uh, – for round one, her average is uh, seven, about a little over seven points, close to eight points. So nearly perfect. She just doesn't get that bonus point for, for a couple of rounds. Uh, her average in round two is 6.25 points. So that's uh, pretty favorable out of eight points. 
Now, this is what's known as a vertex graph where it shows your strengths and your weaknesses. The rule of thumb is the closer you are to the center, that's your biggest weakness. The further you away from the center, that's your biggest strength. So her biggest strengths are James Stewart, dance movies, Kevin Hart. Uh, Middle Earth could be a little bit better. Uh, 2000s movies, Reese Witherspoon, that's probably her biggest weaknesses. So if you're looking for a partner, you're looking for someone who can actually bounce her out and actually boost her those scores. Uh, her uh, betting round accuracy is 100% the times that she has had a betting round. Uh, her speed accuracy is about 30% out of uh, the questions that were asked. Subtract the uh, questions that she got wrong. Uh, divided by the total amount of questions we were asked, she got 30% of those. So that's not too favorable, but out of out of three, out of five questions, that's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, especially who she was up against, both uh, Chance and Ethan Irwin in that speed round. I mean, that's, that's a tough, tough matchup there. Yeah. So with her two-pointer and her three-pointer uh, uh, accuracy, she's been 100% of the time um, uh, accurate. And her five-pointers, it's been about 67% accurate out of the times that she needed to go to it. Now, her final average score is about 21 points with a standard deviation of three and a half points. So that's really good for that's a good. senior uh, competitor. Yeah. So now we're going to go to the team's champion in Shazam. So what do you expect out of that? Do you expect really? <laughs> yeah, I, I think probably better numbers than, than even Marisol here, considering that they've played seemingly near perfect throughout the last couple seasons. Yeah, you're going to see. Yeah, watch these numbers. So out of the 13 matches that they have had, yeah, they averaged <laughs> almost 16 points. They nearly they just missed like maybe one one question in round one, and they got the Holy point. shit. Around two, they averaged 10 points. And obviously this vertex, it's almost a complete circle. I mean, obviously Robin Williams and Oscars and David Fincher is – higher up, but it's almost a complete circle. So that's how dominating they are. Uh, with betting round- Near perfect. Actually, yeah, near, near perfect. perfection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with betting round, uh, they've been uh, 80%, 83% favorable where they got it correctly. And about 17% of the time, they it didn't go their way. They didn't get it right. Uh, speed accuracy is 69% of the time. They've been uh, that accurate. And uh, the, their two-pointer accuracy is 70%, three-pointer is 80% accuracy, and their five-pointer accuracy is 50%. And I remember Christian talking about how Shazam is not there yet, being the greatest team ever because of their statistics. Keep in mind, this 50% is only like three times. So they only need to go okay. – they only missed three times where they need to go their five-pointer. Five so – you have to know where these numbers are coming from. Yeah, but, uh, and that's what that was my first indication. Is like if you see any weakness on that chart, it would be in that five point accuracy range. But, yeah, but I guess there's only three times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but their average score is thirty four percent, thirty four points with a standard deviation of seven and a half points. So that's boom. That, that's like mind blowing. Still, <laughs> yeah. uh, next we're gonna go to Thomas Harper. Now, again, he's only been in five matches, so obviously these are going to be kind of low. But what do you expect from uh, Thomas Harper? 
Yeah, I mean, there have been a couple matches where it doesn't seem like he missed a question. So I would say pretty high, but then then again, there have been a couple matches where he hasn't done as well. And as you said, it's a small smaller sample size. So I would say the numbers probably aren't. Uh, they don't look as good on paper, but that maybe not doesn't re reflect him overall as a player as the Star Wars champ. All right, well, I'm going to say that on paper it does look good. So on uh, the five okay. matches he's been, he averages wow. almost 10 <laughs> points. Uh, round two, he averages almost 10 points. I mean, yeah, everything has been Holy crap. perfection. The only thing that's like down is empire. That's the only thing that's like, down by nine, like nine points. Because uh, you like had to check down to multiple choice once or something like yeah, something <laughs> like that, something like that. Uh, betting around 100% accuracy, speed round 90% accurate. He only missed what he missed one question and he didn't answer one question that's why it's 90 percent. that's the only reason two pointer three pointer five pointer 100 across the board average score is thir about 34 points with a standard deviation of not eight points so yeah this this guy it's is, nuts it's nuts but again it's a small sample size it's his first year so yeah it's going to be uh interesting to see what happens if he goes up against gold leader or Nikki or uh, Alex. So but he has yet to he has yet to miss a question in that final round. Yes, and out of the times that he had go to that final, he's yet to miss it. That's and crazy. So finally, we get to the reigning uh, uh, IG champion, Mike Kalinowski. What do you expect from him? Also, very good numbers. I mean, this guy's also played near perfect this season, and I, I'm not sure. Have you factored in? Uh, the match that aired last night as well into this. That, that, that so, was actually recorded in weeks ago, and the Finns yeah. had that on there. Okay, yeah. So I, I figured that, you know, there there were a few misses in that first round. Uh, so maybe that brings the first round numbers down a little bit, but everything else I expect to be pretty high. All right, well, let's take a look. So out of the 18 matches that Mike has been in, he averages about eight points. So yeah. well, they're pretty good. Good, um, yeah. Uh, average for round two is about eight points again. So very, it's still again out of ten points. So obviously, it's almost a near complete circle on this half with Batman, comic book movies, who said it, uh, DC films, DC movies. Uh, but it's when we get to like Middle Earth or scores and soundtracks, or Harry Harry Potter is a good also, but scores and soundtrack in Middle Earth is basically his one big weakness. And obviously, we have very few categories here, and obviously, we don't have as many categories as there are in the IG division now. So, obviously, we have yet to see what that will do. Uh, but betting round, 100% of the time, he's, he's gotten it. He's gotten one speed accuracy, 62%. So, basically, he's gotten three questions out of the, the five questions that have been asked. Uh, Two-pointer, uh, he's got accuracy is 86%. Three-pointer accuracy is 100%, and five-pointer accuracy is 50%. So uh, that, so yeah, he struggles on that five-pointer, and I think the two-pointer could be better because that's kind of like a two-pointers are usually easier. So I would like to see that as 100% uh, going forward. Yeah, he, he missed the he missed the two-pointer in the match that aired last night. I think. Right. Yeah. If I. Yeah. yeah I, I just watched so that, it. So he, yeah, he did. But, that may uh, have affected that number a little bit. Uh, not as much. Not as much because obviously 18 is a big number and it only skews maybe – I think it went down just – actually, I think it went higher, actually, to be honest with you. Really? Okay. 
I, I again I did it this morning. I <laughs> forgot what happened, but yeah. he averages uh, somewhere around twenty-five points with a standard deviation of four points. So he can go anywhere between twenty-one and maybe twenty-eight point, uh, somewhere around there. So that's where his range is. So if you're going against Mike at this day and age, you need to be better than that. You need to score at least yeah. twenty-nine or higher. So that's how you would have to beat him, or if you want to pair him up with you have to probably be, give him scores and soundtracks or middle earth because you can see like those are his weak points and, and i would add that given that it's ig which you, you could argue is the deepest and toughest division uh it, those are pretty damn good numbers for for an ig player yeah absolutely uh but we have roxy stryer on the phone uh roxy what do you think of my numbers this week you have the sexiest numbers by far. Yes. I agree. Agreed. Certainly do. Uh, thank you very much. Double D for those sexy numbers. Um, all right. There we go. And uh, one more thing because my, you know, there we go. Okay. Now I feel good. I got my seat back <laughs> up here in the top corner. Um, uh, okay, guys. Uh, remember, 6 o'clock tonight, uh, Eastern Time on the Jcast Network. Uh I approached Thomas Harper and and he did a uh, he did a test pilot for a new series that I want to do here on the show. Uh, it, it it's so we're gonna drop it and let you guys see what uh, see what happens and see how that went. Um, Six o'clock tonight Eastern Time. Thomas Harper test pilot on this channel. Uh, okay, guys, pay per view. Now I said it earlier where we would get to the point where I'd be like, I'm just gonna say it, and this is it. Okay. I'm just going to say it for me personally, that first match Radis versus Alvarez was extremely hard to watch. Um, and, and I'm not going to get into details. I'm just going to say I kept forgetting that it was live and I couldn't fast forward to the next match. That's all I'm going to say. No shade toward anybody. It just, it was a hard match for me to watch. Okay. But I want to know, wait, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, yeah. just want to make sure because I switched my setup a little bit. Uh, but I need to know, based off of personalities or based off of gameplay? Gameplay. Okay, that's fair. Gameplay. Uh, the personalities don't bother me at all. I love the way they're going at each other. Radis kills me. Uh, I woke up this morning, and you know, okay, well, I don't know. For I shouldn't say you know how and just assume everyone does, but when I wake up in the morning, there's normally like, one big thing that's like the first thing that I think when I when I open my eyes and I'm like I'm coherent. This morning it was Daddio is the first thing I said in my head. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm sure he's yeah, Jay, love Jay, that. did you did you wake up and rage? No. No. <laughs> he's like, no, I did not. Sorry. <laughs> that's my dad joke of the um, day. Yeah. But yeah. but I can definitely see why, because it was a Pretty low scoring match, uh, especially that. Yeah, especially that, that round one was pretty low. I have it right here. It's it was four. It was four to five, so it wasn't a great round one. And I also don't know why uh, Frankie stuck with Disney. That's such a like broad category that has been pulled up so many times. It does have deep cut questions. Uh, which you can see because he only got four points out of that second round. So 
I can see where you're going with this in terms of wasn't wasn't the greatest match. Yeah, I I mean to be honest with you, I mean I think Frank has done really well uh, up until this point, but you can tell like he kind of struggles a little bit with some of his matches, even with like Paige or Betty, or or was it Peggy Cummins who was his next match or one of his matches? But, I think it was Peggy. Yeah, so Peggy. Well, it just seemed like he was struggling just to win those matches. And I feel like Rick is actually the better of the two competitors. And obviously, they both missed their f- first two questions in uh, round one. So it's like, okay, this is going to be a toss-up. And I-, I just feel like Rick would have been the better uh, player to win that. And obviously, he did. And I just feel like Frank has, has isn't up at that uh, upper tier uh, competitor where he can actually go perfect. So. Oh, it was Jessica Sluth. Okay, Jessica. Sluth. Jessica Slotch. No. Slotch. Slotch. He corrected himself. He did correct it. Still not. Sluth. He tried. Bless his heart. There you uh, go. It's yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I just out of. It. I'll give we it to you. Everybody get up for ASG. Third time's the charm. Good job, Andrew. Love you, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just haven't been as impressed with them as other competitors like Paige Bay. I think yeah, her first match wasn't as strong, but she came out guns blazing and she just kept winning. And against Ben Bateman, she kept winning. So with Frankie, I just feel like he struggles to get that win, even though he did get wins. Uh, the two times that he did win. Yeah, look, I, I will say this. It Sometimes matches don't necessarily have to have the highest score to still have entertainment value. And this match, for me, still had very high entertainment value considering the characters that were in there. I loved uh, Radis being the heel here and, and going after Frankie's family and everything. I thought that was great. So if there's a match that's maybe not the best in terms of gameplay, but still has strong character performances, uh, it's still a win in my book. Uh, there have definitely been matches that I would say were, were not uh, as good, uh, and, and this one maybe falls in that category. But like I would also compare it to the, the KO in New York between Griffin Newman and Josh Horowitz. That was rough to watch Horowitz yeah, that in that was... performance. But it was still a very entertaining KO because you had Griffin Newman and such strong character work as well between those two guys. So uh, that's sort of what, what I'll say about about this match. Um, there are other matches that I'll point to. Like I, I hate to name like a worst match of the year kind of thing, but there's a couple other ones that I could put. Uh, I'm not going to name uh, you know, on air that I would put uh, above this one in terms of like what I consider the worst match of the year. But you know, I think again, it's it's all about the characters and the character work. And if you have that, then uh, I'm all about it. So. And just to respond to Leo in the chat, um, I don't think he guessed French Kiss for the uh, Kate and Leopold question. He he guessed some random other movie. I forgot. It's something with an R. Um, yeah. But he definitely was... Uh, I, yeah, I think he answered too quickly on that one. I think if he had taken a second, he would have gotten that. Because even mm-hmm. I knew that one. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know most of these Rest- questions. Because restoration the, sorry he guessed restoration yeah. which is a very uh, uh niche film so i've never seen uh restoration or the french kiss so i don't um who's in french kiss is gary oldman in that no he's not in that french kiss 
No, I love Gary Oldman. He's my all-time favorite working actor. Kevin Klein. Oh, and, all right. John yeah. Renault. All right, it's very like French heavy cast. Yeah, Ke- Ke- dude, Kevin Klein, Gary Oldman, anyone can make that mistake. <laughs> um, but oh, dude, the the title match though, the Kalinowski versus uh, Moses. Oh, holy shit, dude! What a match! Oh my gosh, dude, Moses when he's up there and he's just in the zone, dude. I mean. Dude, wait, okay, there was a certain point I looked at him and in, in, in the focus on his face and in his eyes, I was like, dude, I, I would. this is a dude I ain't never going to fuck with in my life. Like, when he's focused on something, don't want to get in his way. He almost had that match, man. Oh, my gosh. And he has that, like, scary, like, chill, intimidating yes. thing where he's just, like, you know, he's not loud, he's not angry, he's just, like very chill and scary uh but yeah oh my gosh i i thought mike lost this once he missed that too uh yeah because missing a two and an ig match so hard he was already down point oh my gosh i yeah i thought this was mike was gonna lose this um and amaru played so well you know sometimes it just comes down to those round three questions that can be pretty difficult so yeah yeah, I, yeah. Thought, I thought Mike was going to lose that uh, in the speed round when he just could. He knew the answers, but Amaru just got it before he did. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Mike get any points in the speed yeah, round? Yeah, well, he got one correct, but he missed one. Lost. Okay. So it balanced it out. Okay, so ultimately he got no points. Yeah, ultimately. But, yeah, when Amaru just kept beating him at the buzzer, I'm like, well, this is not going in Mike's favor. And obviously he missed the two-pointer. I'm like, okay. I was like, well, you, Nancy, it's like Mike isn't going to win this. Uh, of course, I cheat, and I actually fast-forward a little bit to uh, see what would happen. So I cheated a little a wee bit. Uh, but, I was uh, there. It was intense. Yeah, it was I, intense. I also do want to say I love, uh, I love when Kalinowski is second question of round five. When he before he answers and he's and he just like I'm gonna make you fight for it, kid. And I was, was like, yeah, that was, that was the five pointer. Was it the five pointer? Yeah, it was yeah. the five pointer. Okay, and the that comment just uh, I I love that's one of the reasons I love Kalinowski's character work. Um, but I just I loved that comment when he threw it in there. Yeah, this this was an epic match. Uh, as I kind of was stating before, I think this was a match of the year contender. I don't know if I would say it was the match of the year, but definitely deserves a nomination. Uh, and yeah, you know, we we had talked to Amaru on uh, LGR last night and and sort of uh, getting his thoughts on, on it and everything. And you know, I I think he he thinks and and I would certainly back this up that he's established himself now as in that top echelon of IG players. And somebody that I, I really think will compete for that belt next year and maybe even win it. Uh, and, you know, has worked himself, I think, into that conversation of like, you know, how we start the season. There's usually like a little mini uh, gauntlet almost, so to say, where like somebody plays somebody and then somebody plays somebody else. And the two winners in a number one contender match, the winner plays uh, yeah. for the title. So I think that that's what we're looking at next season as, as like maybe Amaru going up against like Mara or somebody uh, to, to play a number one contender match uh, for the title. Because, I mean, th- this guy is really, really good. And, and I agree with you guys. I think uh, I thought he was going to win this match here towards the end and just, you know, caught a tough three and a tough five. 
Uh, I was really, really hoping that he would hit that five to, uh, or, or hit the three to bounce it back and then at least get sudden death. Because I think sudden death between these two would have just been so insane. But, uh, yeah, but I, I really like the way that both of these guys played. And I think that uh, if we hadn't already determined that Mike Kalinowski is the greatest IG player of all time, this certainly cemented his legacy as now a three-time champion and two title defenses. Uh, nobody else has done that. So, uh, I mean, uh, he's the IG GOAT. And, and maybe uh, we had this debate on LGR last night as well. Maybe the greatest Schmodown player overall. Because you look at Dan Merle, Dan Merle, greatest singles player, but he hasn't played IG. You know, I'm just pointing it out there. I know this is a crazy, crazy we thing. Now. We can actually but see if that's true. I'm just pointing it out there that we all kind of came to the conclusion after much debate that Mike Kalinowski, Mike Kalinowski, Maybe I'm not saying he is. I'm saying he might be the greatest Schmodown player of all time. You thunderstruck me. <laughs> For real, man. I mean, I, I don't know that I agree with that. I'm not going to say I disagree with it. I would I would definitely have to think about it before I uh, form an opinion. But that is not so, that that's not something that I would come come up with myself. <laughs> I think I that was Hambone. Uh, I love the Justin Hamilton. of the dossier to actually compile the numbers. I, I have to look at it all that. So that, that that's my task for next week. Hell yeah! It's Hell a good yeah. double D segment for next week. Well, Comparing Kalinowski to Merle. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nancy, um, what? I'm trying to think of how how to word my question, but concerning the live live tapings, like at the cantina you've been to, I mean, at least what two or three this season so far. Um, I don't know. Can you just kind of give me give us give all of us an idea of what that's like? Like when you get there, what I mean, what is? I don't know. I've never been to one. Uh, if you could just kind of give me an idea of what it's like, you like you get there, you walk in, and what happens. Yeah, so um, I fortunately I uh, got to sit with the competitors because of my brother, and you know there was enough space for everyone. Um, so when you walk in, you can sit in the general admission area, um, and essentially, it's weird because you're facing the competitors sideways. And what they do beforehand is they kind of hype everyone up, which I love. So Christian will kind of give an update on matches. Um, you know, he'll remind everyone who's playing and then he kind of gives the crowd instruction as well. So like, Hey, remember like, you know, uh, rager he's, you know, we want to boo him or whatever it may be. Um, and so, um, so then they get started with the matches go through. And what I really like going to the live matches is you get to see all the setup as well. So you get to see Marzonia coming out with the wheel, um, how all of that works. Um, and I will say, as someone who obviously loves movie trivia, it is so hard not to say answers as they're asking the questions because I'm so used to being at home, be like, "Oh, it's this," or you know, uh, you know, trying to like tell someone what the answer is. So I have to, I constantly have to remind myself, like, don't say the answers out loud. Don't even whisper them; they will kick you out of here. Um, but it's it's so much fun, and you get to drink at the bar, have some food while everyone's comp uh, competing. 
so yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I would highly recommend going if anyone gets a chance to go to any live match that occurs. Yeah. And and it's I mean it's like an actual production as in there's there's a lunch break and stuff like that too, isn't there? Yeah, oh absolutely. And you'll see like um when people are doing their entrances, like they'll have um the camera, you know, going along with them and then they have the um oh gosh, I can't remember what her name is. She's gonna kill me. I've met her like five times. Um but uh she uh, essentially like helps run the show and so she'll be behind the camera person and she's like cueing everyone where to go and then like they take a lunch break and all of that and yeah it's i would say it's a cool experience to see kind of behind the curtain in terms of how it's all put together um because there's so many people that are involved in getting this show to work and it's it's you kind of forget that when you're just watching at home that yeah there's like a bunch of people needed to get this to run smoothly which is also why when things go wrong, especially like in the FCL when they're doing stuff live, um, in the Schmodown matches, stuff that, you know, is happening, give them a little bit of a break when you see like big yeah. edit cuts or, you know, something goes wrong technically. Because there's so many moving pieces that uh, you don't see from when you're at home watching. Um, it takes a lot of work to put it together. So, so yeah, it's it's a pretty cool experience. Yeah, and especially, like, I mean, we had a couple audio hiccups uh, and the New York Live event, I know, for people that were watching on the stream. Yeah. But you also have to factor in that they haven't been they, – they went, like, a year and a half without doing any live events. So it takes a little yeah. bit sort of getting back into the groove here. Um, but sort of from what you were saying, Nancy, you it almost seems like the uh, Scum and Villainy Cantina are more like TV tapings as opposed to, like, New York, which is, like, a live event. Mm -hmm. uh, am I sort of correct to – make that comparison yeah and i mean remember when um i think it was was it chance maybe when he was doing his post interview um he dropped an f-bomb i think or or said shit or something i don't know i was like oh he's like i'm sorry and so then they had to do it again and like uh have him pick up from where he left off so that part of it's kind of cool too is you you kind of see um exactly like you said digging it's more like a tv production in that way Courtney oh. is her name. Sorry. Courtney was the, who I was trying to think of. So I got a funny story that there were two, um, during the uh, Star Wars celebration, there were two events in Chicago. There was the live event and then there was the Star Wars Fatal Five way. Uh, number one, you do see like uh, Thad Will uh, there I saw Thad Williams. I saw uh, 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 Hall, Cody Hall. So I was seeing all the people running around and I could see like they were frantic and running. So I was like that where, like you said, like they were running, making sure everything was running smoothly. But uh, there was one time and they cut this out and I can't believe they cut it out. I understand why, but the computer froze and Ken was like, uh, in the category of attack of, uh, it's frozen. Uh, I don't know what to do. And uh, Joseph Scrimshaw was like, is this the title of the of the movie and it was just so hilarious i mean i, I want I, I personally now know that from my memory but i would love to see that in the actual match unfortunately it did get cut for time wise but it's like oh why'd you cut that that was so funny is this also why i love when they do the bloopers at the end of the year to see like all those things yeah. behind yeah. the scenes I was, just, I, I was just about I to say that that that's got to be that's going to be awesome um, okay, guys, we're going to move on to, to Frenchie's Corner here. This is our final segment for today. Like I said, got a short show today. Uh, okay, um, it is going to be Dagan and I this time. So, um, 
Okay, so today's Frenchie's Corner question is based off of a Q&A that Christian did a couple weeks ago in which he stated that uh, he thinks Marisol is Schmodown's biggest star since Roca. Um, now, uh, we'll go ahead and start with you. You were the guest. Guests first. Uh, how, what, what's your take on this? Well, first off, I'm sure Frenchie is foaming at the mouth right now that the guy taking his spot this week has a Rangers cap on. But how about those Montreal Canadiens this season, uh, Frenchie? Yeah, not, not working out so well so far. Uh, anyway, uh, um, yeah, I had to talk shit about hockey here just you know, to, to fill that void. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, in terms of Marisol McKee, I would make the argument that she is, in fact, the biggest Schmodown star that we've seen in a very long time. Uh, I know Christian has sort of made the argument since Roca, and we'll get into more of the specifics of you know your argument, Jay. I know you, you have a, a, a someone else that you might reference um, in terms of, like, biggest star sense. But I'm basing this off of what I've seen this season, uh, what I witnessed in New York, because I was in the crowd for New York, and Marisol McKee, the ovation that she got, not only when she came out, when she won the title throughout the match, unbelievable. It was so fucking loud in that building for Marisol McKee. And to use kind of wrestling terms here, she is one of the most over stars that the Schmodown has. Maybe the most overstar that the Schmodown has right now. Incredible character. Uh, she's gotten so much. Like, what an improvement over her promos. Like that whole thing. I don't. It's, I don't know if I'm breaking kayfabe here, but behind the scenes, I think it's been talked about in other shows. But and from Christian himself. But when she cut that promo in New York, that was not in the plans originally. They weren't going to do any of that kind of stuff. And she actually went up to Christian before hand and said I want the mic I want to I want to cut a promo here and so just the way that she has been able to transform herself into such a massive star she is the face of the schmodown right now I I, I don't care what anybody says okay dude, she's if, the if face this were, if this were hot matches you'd have been out a long fucking time ago <laughs> you started talking and I died twice and and it was re reincarnated okay dude um now, the, the wording of this is what's key here, as you alluded to earlier. Is Marisol Schmodown's biggest star since Roca? No, because Cushing was a bigger star after Roca. So you, you Roca was the biggest star at one point in the time. I would say he's the first big, big star in Schmodown ever. Then Rachel came after him. So... I mean, the question is worded wrong, but we're going to take it the way it was presented in the Q&A. And uh, no, uh, no, she's not. And and it's just simply because uh, she's not quite yet uh, be become to the level of Rachel Cushing. Um, I mean, yes, Marisol's won the title now, but I mean, we got Rachel Cushing. She's in former inner geekdom and two-time two team champion, uh, she's the first female and second player overall to hold two belts at the same time. I mean, no. So, no. I mean, according to the question, the way it's posed, no. She definitely, Marisol, that is, she definitely very soon could be. Yes. Yes. But as of right now, I would say no because Cushing was a bigger star uh, in between Roca and, and now Marisol. So that's my argument. I think you make a solid argument there. I think if the question was worded, is she the biggest star since Rachel Cushing? There might be a bit of a different argument here. 
But I'm actually going to push back on that a little bit. I think she's matched Rachel Cushing. I think she's matched Rachel Cushing in terms of star power. Just based off of, I'm solely based off like the big reaction that she got in New York. I mean, it, it was just like deafening when she came out. I'm just saying, I think Rachel, I mean, I wasn't there for Rachel Cushing match. So I, I don't know what that was like. I certainly watched the streams when she came out and it was just like, yeah. like deafening as well. So I think in that regard, yeah, she has, Marisol McKee has now matched what Rachel Cushing brought to the table. And it's just further establishing that, that you know. And and I will say, I mean, Rachel Cushing walked so Marisol no. McKee could run. She she's got to defend a couple more times. She's got it. She she needs to put in some more work on the competitive side until she gets like I agree with you on the on the uh the way she's received and the character and the 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 praise that she gets and like as far as the star power, I yeah. agree with you on that. But I, I can't take one over the other, man. You got to combine both, and and she's she's not yet uh, uh, earned earned that that right uh, as far as uh, the gameplay. Uh, Cushing is Cushing is surpassed her on that. Well, not surpassed her, but it, she has not yet reached that level. She definitely can, and I think she will. But uh, but as of yet, no. But let's see what the crew has to think. Oh. I, I will quickly ask you because if she defends that title against whoever it is at spectacular will she have then earned that spot in your mind not quite because really as i said, as I said uh we're looking at cushing here she uh um she was the second player to hold she held two belts at the same time that's a big feat she you know champion inner geekdom and two-time teams I mean, you know, but but like I, I said, but she's on her way. Her and uh, uh, Deception, her and her and Adam Collins, dude, they are on their way to get. Right. But but as of now, and that's now, what I was gonna say. Like if if okay, say Deception wins the team titles and she defends it spectacular. I mean, that's now she's defended a title oh, multiple times. She's oh, got the team's title. Oh, that's a near near match there in terms of gameplay close, as well. Close, close. Uh, but I'm also like Shire Wolves is also my all-time favorite team too, so I'm a little biased. But let's see what uh, Nancy and Dan have to have to say about it. Um, Dan, why don't you go ahead and uh, and 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 you guys share your thoughts? Okay, so to kind of go off what Jay was going, uh, so Shire Wolves defended it twice against Who's the Boss and Critically Kane. They lost it to the Yacht Couple and they reclaimed it back. Lost it to Corruption in teams. Rachel never won the belt, but never defended it. Uh, but the real question is, what ultimately defines a star in the Shmodan? That's my question. And the the thing that comes to my mind with Rachel Cushing, and I do agree that I don't think it's John Roca. I think Rachel Cushing is the uh, uh, prime example here. Mm. The image that comes to my mind is that free-for-all where she has those two belts and everyone was just applauding and she's walking down the aisle. I mean, that's my idea of a star power. I think Rachel, I think uh, Marisol McKee is there, and I, I she I think I agree with Dagan is that she's there right now because based on the energy of the crowd and based on what Dagan just said, I think she is there with Rachel Cushing as the ultimate star. She hasn't defended the uh, singles belt as many times as Rachel has, or as uh, as many times as Rachel defended the the team's belt. But I think that in terms of star power, it's about the people's reaction to the the person that we're talking about and i think uh, marisol mckee is there 
Yeah, I think it's a combo of both. Um, I am kind of on the fence. I don't know if she's quite there yet, but I also think it's almost unfair to compare the two because if you think about it, Rachel Cushing was in a different league in a sense. Uh, Marisol has been in a full digital league, essentially. She's finally played two live matches. Um, but in terms of, you know, back when we weren't doing everything digitally, they had time to like cut promos together or like work on storylines more or get that more hype to you. Whereas Marisol, Marisol hasn't had that chance to do that yet. And to me, that's probably why it feels like she's not quite there yet. It's because she hasn't had really those opportunities to do a bunch of live matches and get, you know, interact with the crowd a lot and do all that stuff. Um, so I think for me, that's why I, it feels like Marisol isn't quite there yet. And maybe we'll see once we go back, I mean, hopefully go back to more uh, in-studio matches and live matches and all that stuff. But I mean, game-wise, I think she's, you know, proven herself. And I'm right there with Dagan. You know, if she goes and defends that belt and, and wins, then I think game-wise, she's she's right there with everyone else. And I'll say that, you know, these quite, I would say that Rachel, because I'm not saying that she had an easier time. But I think the Smodown now has a tougher time with question wise. So mm-hmm. even though that she hasn't had the, the interaction with fans as much as Rachel, uh, I think the questions are much more difficult now than when Rachel was a part of the league. So I think that adds to it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Man, I'll tell you what. This segment, it, it's clear, it's clear that this segment is not not to be taken seriously. You know what I mean? Like, especially with a lot of the topics. But I love topics like today's because Marisol and Rachel are both so amazingly great. And Roca, too. We strayed a little bit off the Roca. They're, not to take away from Roca. Uh, it's just that's my argument took us away from Roca. But um, when debating bet- like we have here between uh, Marisol and Rachel, I'm – you know, it's it, they're just so fucking awesome, both of them. Um, it was nice yeah. to see her at the live event, and uh, it's cool. And everybody brought up great points. You know, I don't necessarily believe in what I what I fight for on this segment. Ninety nine percent of the time, I do not agree with what I'm arguing in favor of on Frenchie's corner. I a lot of times, Frenchie and I will will sit there. We're like, "How about this one?" And we both agree, and then one of us has to take the opposite side. And so that's how it works out most of the time. But uh, but I loved today's. It was a really good uh, conversation. A lot of good points, even though it isn't a serious segment. It was a it was a serious and, and very nice conversation. Very nice. I enjoyed it. Uh, okay, guys, that's it for today. Remember, uh, did a little test pilot with uh, Thomas Harper. Um, that'll be dropping here on this channel in about two and a half hours at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, check that out, and we'll see how it goes. Um, but, yeah, thank you, Double D. Thank you, Dagan. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Frenchie, get your internet working, buddy. We need you back next <laughs> Uh, missed you here but uh, everyone thank you very much for joining us today and until next week have a great and safe week you want to hear something funny the mic wasn't on that whole time no way yeah for real oh wow (laughs) (laughs) so smooth